You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Alan Pajari. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Greg Hectus. What up, guys? Tony Groves. Evening, gentlemen. Tony Rochette. Hey, everybody. Will Gibson. Hey, what's up? And Mike Ellis. Hey. Uh, special guest tonight is me, Al Bajari. So we'll hand it back to Mike here to host the show. Uh, welcome to the 200th show. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you, Alan, for coming on for our 200th episode. And uh, thought it'd be fitting to have you back on since you uh, were on. Ho- you were the host of uh, the original podcast when we started on podcast number one. I actually went and found it this week and listened to it. And uh, sure enough, you did the opening just like you did uh, today. And it hasn't changed at all. And so uh, that tells you how innovating uh, we are, I guess. But uh, welcome to the show. Um, wanted to bring you on because uh, you and I started this podcast with some others. Uh, Carlos Fonseca was the recording, and uh, there were several others on the team that were helping us at the time. But it was originally your idea, and so I wanted to talk about that a little bit. Uh, do you remember how it how it started in your head? I, you know... Back in the early days of integrity, I know Jacob Fife was talking about doing a podcast, and I brought to him this idea with the same name, Iris's Lounge, everything else. And uh, at that time, he didn't do it. So then when we met up, I think I, we just kind of said, hey, you know, let's do a podcast. So I'm like, okay, I have this idea. It's Iris's Lounge. You know, we basically talk about racing subjects, and you're on board, and you had the know-how, and here we are. Yeah, I kind of did the production part of it. You kind of did the hosting part of it. And uh, Carlos did the recording, editing, and and distribution, so to speak. And uh, and off we go. And at the time when I had to decide on the episode number, I think I purposely put in uh, zero, 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 0001. Yeah, three Because I was thinking, one, okay, yeah. we're going to set a goal here. We're going to get to a th- at least 1,000. Okay, so... And we're going to be uh, quad digits, okay? And so, man, it, I can't believe we got to 200, though, uh, when you look back at it. It's been a little over four years. I think it was April 27, 2015 was that first episode. Yeah, I got to say I'm actually real proud of you that you kept the thing going, um, especially through the lean times where I know you just did it on your own. So I'm just amazed that you were able to keep it going and then uh, have it what it is today. Well, I think a part of the success is keeping it simple. Uh, we don't go crazy editing um, and, and doing all kinds of stuff. And uh, that's actually part of the success of because, I, you know, it leads to longevity. Um, but, yeah, we're happy that we made it to the 200th episode and, uh, and so many more to come. Um, let's switch gears and let's talk about you a little bit. It's been a long time since you've been on the show. Um, you're still a big NIS guy. Uh, your I ratings uh, 4,700 or so. Uh, you're often in top split. Uh, tell us about why you've been running that series, and tell us what else you're running these days. Well, really is I just basically just run NIS Open every once in a while, and I, I do league. Uh, the, I still do the Integrity League on Monday nights, and then on on 
Tuesday. I'm, you know, probably <laughs> just helping the guys out with pro right now. And then, uh, but then I run the NIS on Wednesdays, basically. And then the rest are I call wife nights. So, <laughs> so anyway, I like the, the open because that actually, it's, I find it more fun than split. And, you know, yeah, my rating's 4,700. I mean, it's kind of like a little bit better than average. But I call myself an average average driver with great setups. All right, so, so let's so talk that's about the that. I run that. Well, you're you're with a team, obviously. Uh, so tell us about your team setup and what you what you got going there. You mentioned the Pro Series, and are you assisting some drivers uh, as they are on the road to Pro? Yeah, yeah. Uh, right now, we're kind of. Uh, aligned with Ashton Crowder's team, and he has three guys in the Pro Series, which is himself, uh, Ben Nelson, and Braden Bulos. And so we're assisting them, trying to get them into peak or back into peak in Ashton's case. And then, of course, we have Christian, who's a peak driver. And by the way, my team I'm on is Dynamic Autosports. So, and uh, I'm part of his team. You know, basically, um, my do the streaming off of Dynamic Autosports and uh, and do moral support for Christian on when he's running peak. But um, but we practice with the guys and help with setups and do whatever else we can. All right, very good. Um, yeah, we had Christian on the show uh, not too long ago, a um, couple months, maybe a month ago. But uh, he's a great guy. Um, sounds like fun. And so also, you also are involved in. Uh, adminning a league or running a league and that is the winter league and it runs in the off season uh, of NASCAR and uh, tell us about that and, and how that started and and so uh, you're into the fourth or fifth year of that too it's yeah it'll be sixth season um, the winter league is after I run the NIS in 2014 I kind of wanted to keep it keep it going I was having so much fun Wanted to keep it going. Thursday night's fixed. You know, let's try to find some some clean drivers and started. Mike, you're one of the ones that I contacted to, at first to help me out here because you're a clean driver and you ran every week. And um, so then it was time to go out recruiting. And this is for anyone that's starting the league. And you can't just put up these things and host it and, you know, do a recruiting sessions. You can't do that. You got to actually go out, find people that you think that will race it and invite them and make it like the winter series is an invite only league. That means that no one, you can't just apply or anything else like that. You're going to have to receive an invite um, for it. And so I basically scour uh, the races and I see who's racing with me and I watch YouTube and Twitch and I find guys that I think that uh, fit within the league. And my thing is, is that they have to race with respect on the track and off of it. That means that they're, they can't be really saying bad stuff in chat and that type of stuff. I don't want those type of people. So it's, it's kind of like what our first idea was when we first started this thing, Mike, is just, it's a winter league. It runs basically from the time the real guys end with Homestead to the time the real guys starting at Daytona. So this year we have uh, 13 cup races going from uh, November 18th all the way up to Daytona and uh 10 xfinity races on thursday nights um 
going from November 21st all the way to Daytona with obviously some holidays skipped in there. Right now we got uh, 86 members. And so it's a, it's a net, we normally would average with those 86 members, probably about 30, 35 uh, cars a week, except for like the first week where it's normally jam packed the first week. So it's a, it's a good league. It's fun. I like to keep it fun for everyone and uh, very respectful. That's my, my main thing. Well, uh, it was fun to run when I was in it because of the lineup of the drivers. It was a mix of uh, peak drivers, uh, people um, that used to be peak drivers or people that are going to be peak drivers, kind of a, the, the top tiers kind of, of NASCAR, at least in iRacing. And uh, I was a lap car a lot of the times in the Winter League, uh, and, and I think it really taught me something. It's, it's first how to be a lap car. Uh, but boy, um, you know, you really get that view of, man, I, those guys are aliens, man. Look at me back here and they're just flying by me. True. There is some very good guys in there. Um, but then there's, I really think for almost every skill level, I, and I, I do say almost the low, there's, it isn't that low on the scale though, when you look at, at the drivers, but from, from middle on up, there's basically any kind of skill level you can race with. Like me, I call myself an average driver. There's people that I race with in there and I'm not going to compete for the wins, but you know, I'm having fun racing for 20th place, you know, um, against some other guys that I know that are around 20th place racers and we have a lot of fun. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't always have to be racing for the win to enjoy uh, really good racing, right? Yeah. It's a good place to make friends and have, just have some fun and, enjoy yourself and uh and also have some damn good competition well we do appreciate the invite uh this year uh david hall i believe is going to participate on behalf of tefosi racing i actually work when you guys are racing and so i'm going to be missing it i might pick up on your uh, secondary series then you're going to run a secondary series on a different night right yeah the xfinity cars the new ones on thursday nights all right so i'll i'll definitely jump on that but uh very good. So tell us next about your setup. I mean, what, what are you running hardware-wise? I mean, do, are you on doing VR yet, or what's going on? Oh, no. No VR. I would get sick. Um, I run triples, triple 27s. I do have a fourth monitor. Basically, I throw the team speak, and uh, I do stream. So I got the Twitch thing up, but I don't chat or anything like that. I just have the Twitch thing up. Um, I have a T300 wheel from Thrustmaster. The V3 Fanatec pedals um, and the Thrustmaster shifter. That's about it. I don't do anything fancy. I know one of your questions is uh, what kind of third-party software. I don't. TeamSpeak is it. So I don't uh, run any of that. It's a real kind of basic basic setup. Well, that helps the FPS, I'm sure, um, when you're not running all that other crap like I run. Yeah, um, you run a lot of other stuff. <laughs> all right, uh, and, and all as always, I'm looking at your profile. Your overall winning oval percentage, one point four percent. No, it's not. But you know, you alluded win. to your Twitch channel, and uh, and and the name of that is Average Joe Racer, I believe. Yeah, Average Joe Racer, and average is spelled just uh, A V G. Yep, and I, I hit up your uh, your recordings not every time, but sometimes because I want to see how your race goes. 
and it's a normal, you know, two hour, you know, hour and a half, two hour race or whatever. And, um, it's interesting sometimes to see, you know, how it goes and in, in the cycle of the cautions and to see what's happening with you anyway. Yeah. You know, I got a certain way I race and a lot of people that watch me see the way I race that kind of take it easy for first, you know, at least half of the race. And then I'll start, then I'll start, you know, mixing it in. So I always like to try to be there at the end and maybe have some kind of chance of a good finish. So you're going to give us a secret like, uh, you know, pit twice or maybe pit the second time by or? Uh, pit the second time by for Martinsville if you're in the back. <laughs> If you're not, if you're not in the top ten, you want to get as close to that uh, pace car as possible. Um, but for there's no secret. I have no no secret. If I had a secret, Christian would probably. Okay, very good. Next question: What is your most memorable moment in iRacing so far? All right, and I was actually thinking about this one, and um, I'm probably going to have to say, uh, a couple years ago I was doing a Texas race, and it was second split and uh my teammate sam roush was also in the race and carlos fonseca was in the race and uh we were actually uh doing pretty good there at the end where we were uh up front and there was a restart with uh i believe three laps to go and uh i actually outran carlos as fast as you know outran carlos for the win and uh, I think it was actually, I think my last NIS win too. But that was uh, fun and exciting. Um, my car on older tires, that was actually the, my fastest lap and fastest lap of the race was the last lap. So the car was uh, moving at that time. And uh, that was a fun race. But otherwise, um, I think I had a real good race at Kansas um, last year. Uh, where I actually had a real good finish in top split and actually kind of backed it up again this year, this fall here, had another real good race at Kansas, just kind of staying out of the, you know, the early crap and then uh, pouring it on at the end. So it was it was fun. When the car's working good, it's fun. Absolutely. So um, how has the new aero package affected your uh, finishes, your racing? Has it been a, you know better for you or not? You wish for the old car? I, you know, I'm telling you, I'm wishing for the old car because I thought it took more talent. Um, but I'm not going to say that the new car has hurt me at all. It's just that you have to be really uh, aggressive, you know, and like I said, at, at the end is the time to be aggressive. Um, you know, I was not really, I'm not like you, Mike, and I'm not that big into Daytona and Talladega, but it does feel like most of the time we're racing that way now. And so it, it, it requires that style to race that way. And um, it, yeah, like I said, it hasn't hurt me. I rating still fine. I haven't like lost a bunch of I rating or anything like that. Um, but I do kind of miss the old car because of the, the skill level. You know, I 100% agree. I mean, it has suited me better just because I get, I've gotten more wins than I used to get, uh, I think, because of the package. But I prefer the old one because it's harder, you know. Uh, you got to break in the corner. You got to, you, you know, use your break. I spent all these money on this break, and I feel like I, don't, I don't use it much anymore. Yeah, you throw that one out the door. <laughs> just, just put an old two-pedal system in, you'd be fine. So, but yeah, it's, uh, you know, I used to like it when it used to be, 
you know, you couldn't go full throttle around there. And you used to remember when Texas used to be really difficult to come off of two and the back end used to come out on you real, real easy. Tiptoe, tiptoe. Yeah. You know, I'm, I miss those days, you know, but it's one of the reasons why I'm doing the Xfinity thing in, uh, in the winter series is because that car kind of brings them back to that point where it, it gets a little bit more fun to drive. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, uh, Alan, thank you uh, for coming on to the podcast, 200th episode, um, and kind of need to go full circle and get you back on the original host, the original person who started this and came up with the name of it and all that. So thank you for your role in this. Obviously, I've taken it, uh, you know, over the years uh, with this team, Tafosi, and I want to thank everybody who's been on this team, who's been a part of it. You know, we do have a great lineup uh, currently, but we've always had a great lineup. And uh, and we've cycled people through here. You know, uh, we, we're a normal team that has a normal cycle of drivers. And uh, it's been great that everyone who has participated in all of them. And so thank you um, for that. Yeah. Uh, thank you for having me on. It's been, uh, I'm glad to be here for the 200th show. Really kind of proud of you where you're taking this uh, podcast. All right, very good. So let's keep moving. Uh, iRacers Lounge sponsors the Podium Esports Oval Series. They run Xfinity and Trucks at the same time at the same track. Check that out. Um, It's pretty cool. Let's get into uh, first. I got the Thrustmaster iRacing Rallycross World Championship Lucas Oil Raceway. Uh, Man, that was something. Uh, right at the end, uh, Bobby Zielinski goes from 7th to 4th in the final corner as they go four wide. And so it was quite an ending as they were taking that last run to the checker. Um, what's interesting, though, is you can hear it in the audio. The announcer is announcing that what I just said, but they don't even show it. They didn't show it, and they didn't show a replay of it. And I'm like, wow, that sounds so awesome. Four wide coming out of that final corner to the checker. But they didn't show it at all. And so I was a little dismayed about that because, uh, you know, the first lap is exciting and then they kind of st- spread out. And then to have excitement on the last lap like that, which is usually unusual uh, in a rally uh, cross race, um, and not to show it, you know, I was a little disappointed. But I think even uh, Logan Camp gave the position uh, sec- second place to Johnny Heikinen because he felt he got into him. Towards the end there, I don't think they showed that either. I couldn't, m- must have missed that. Yeah, we actually found that on Twitter. And uh, Loken Clampett, man, what a sportsman! Um, I'm, I'm very impressed uh, that he did that, um, and that shows a lot of, uh, you know, his character, I guess. And I felt like his contact wasn't even that bad, considering the what the series is and how they race. It looks like he bicycled just a little bit on the hairpin going back onto the asphalt and the oval and uh, the car kind of tilted up on two wheels and kind of landed in his quarter panel, just not super hard, but enough to kind of send him sideways. And uh, I know we've seen way worse in that series uh, this season. So hopefully they all kind of take note. Well, and uh, Logan wants to be raced, you know, how he races people. And uh, I think that's part of it too. You know, he realizes Daniel, uh, he, he got him wrong there, and he gave him back the spot. And, man, I'm just impressed. So good job, Logan. Uh, the next up was the Pro Series. And, again, uh, the Podium Esports guys, uh, fantastic broadcast. Uh, those guys are hitting it out of the ballpark. Uh, uh, very professional 
uh, broadcast. It's like watching a real race, and uh, I, I watched it, uh, a replay of it, I, uh, the other night, um, late in the night, and uh, just had it up on the big screen and was doing some other stuff while I was watching it. But uh, very interesting race. Ray Alfala uh, finally dominates and leads the most laps and wins the race. And uh, runs like he used to run back, uh, you know, before the season. He's had a really tough year. Uh, but it looks like he's uh, turned it around out there. He was at least a couple tenths faster in the corners, uh, it seemed like, than everybody else. And that's how he was able to dominate. Anybody else see any of this? Yeah, I saw it. And, you can, you know, Ray was really affected by the new package in the cup car. There's no doubt about it. And otherwise, he probably wouldn't be running pro series. They didn't have a new package. But uh, the whole slip angle team there that Ray's on, they were they were dominant in that race. They were real good, and uh, you know Ray was just a you know showed reason why he's one of the best on the on the sim here. So I thought that uh, even watching the way that that unfolded near the end, um, I can't remember who was leading there, but they they were he was trying to stay out as long as he could to. Uh, um, to see if he could catch a caution. Cause that was the only way that, um, it was going to help that his, his strategy. He, he stayed out as long as it could. I think he had to pit with like 20 to go. And then, uh, Fallow was catching him. He probably would have caught him anyways at the end of the race, but it, yeah, it, it was just good to see that there was strategy in a long race. I really like the, uh, podiums, uh, uh, telemetry too, and how they bring it up and stuff with the drivers. They did a really good job on the broadcast and, uh, I just, I just like, I think I find these uh, Xfinity cars a little bit more exciting just because of what you guys were talking about in, you know, at the beginning of the show here is the drivability of them. It, they're, they're, you know, Atlanta is always a track you're going to lose grip on anyways, but this, it seems like they were fighting the, fighting it in the corners. Yeah, this, uh, this, I kind of didn't watch it start to finish. I kind of peeked in and out and every time I looked, Ray was leading, but we joked about it before when they said it's yeet or be yeeted in the current A car. And I would say Daytona in the B car is still that way because it's Daytona. But this is a hard car and a hard track and Ray dominates. So I think that just shows, um, I don't want to say how easy the A car is, but this is a high skill race and he goes out there and dominates. So I think it kind of says a little bit about the uh, current car in the package. Well, to Alan's point, um, the whole team uh dominated you could say i think it was like first third and fourth they had and six or something like that but they had a bunch of good runs uh, across the team so they hit on something with the setup and obviously that put ray in a position where he could use that talent to get the win and dominate but man they had a good setup that's for sure on they got a hit on it because they don't have very many races to fool around with right you gotta it's <laughs> It's, like a it's such a great series. Yeah, you can't slip up too much. Well, it's uh, fun to watch. I'm glad that the, we're broadcasting it this year, and uh, somebody is, and and we're able to follow it. Let's keep moving. Uh, Will, we had uh, the USAC uh, Na National World Championship Series. Yeah, so we had another race here at, uh, where was it, Lima Land? And uh, they actually, Lima Land and Kokomo are the last, or Fairbury, sorry, are the last two on the schedule, and uh, Alex Bergeron picked up another win. Um, he won last week at uh, Williams Grove, and now he's winning here. Um, mathematically, I think uh, Heilman pretty much has the championship locked up. He does. Um, I think, yeah, I think if he makes the feature, he's in. 
Um, so it's a pretty tight battle for second, though, which I still think is about three grand. Um, but yeah, no, it looks like he finally hit his stride in these uh, non-wing cars. The race was uh, really a story about Heidelman um, trying not to lose the championship. <laughs> but uh, I watched it late. Uh, watched this uh, earlier. I think it was just recently re- released, right before we recorded. But I watched parts of it, and uh, anyway, it was a good race. But the wall was biting those guys early. Anybody were running the top, they were getting into the wall. It just wasn't ready up top, I guess. And that's what I noticed. But then later, it seemed to be the place to be. All right. Tony, we got uh, our champ, Zach Novak, uh, getting to do some cool stuff. Yeah, no kidding. And he's uh, certainly making his rounds. Got a Twitter post up that uh, he got to um, go to the ESPN Sports Center and uh, meet up with uh, Mike Clay. And I guess he's an NFL sportscaster yes he's a broadcaster for the espn all right good i didn't want to paul tracy him so um <laughs> the, i don't got know a couple of is, cool but... <laughs> i do not follow football at all but he's got a couple of cool picks and um got to spend some time with him and uh by the sounds of it they're you know getting some he was getting some tips on uh on fantasy picks and um all around good time. Now, Tony, did you notice what he what's written in the comments and stuff, and even in his description on his uh, Twitter page? The uh, prognosticator. Well, he's also um, he. It sounds like he's a very big advocate for iRacing because he's, he's actually put iRacing hazard in his description, but he's also talking about it in the comments about uh, what his setup is too. Yeah, Mike Clay, uh, he said he's got a T-180, a cockpit rig, uh, and Oculus VR for video. Wow, I can't believe I missed those comments. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there it is. Yeah, sometimes I think the perks that uh, Zach gets is probably more worthwhile than the, the winnings. <laughs> he's, he's getting to do a lot of nice stuff. Yeah, Homestead coming up, and uh, he's going to come on the show after Homestead and tell us all about it. I was gonna say it doesn't it doesn't hurt that he's also uh, re- representing one of the you know Roush Fenway, so kind of has something to do with iRacing, racing too. Yeah, look forward to hearing uh, what all Zach is gonna be getting at Homestead. Tony Rochette, welcome back. It's been a while. Uh, you got the next one. They're looking for season one schedule stuff. Yeah, just like they do every season, they're looking for uh, schedules from the community for uh, different series. Um, on the forums, they got templates, and uh, they want them in by uh, November 14th. On uh, um, no individual requests, they have to be uh, community and uh, get them in. Yeah, so cool. we have a sampling of the post, but they post it on all the different series. Can we just ask the community real quick to shorter qualifying times for some of those dirt road series? I know we've had issues with that in the past, and they say this is the time to do it. Um, we don't need any more of those eight minute qualifying sessions to do a 30 second lap i think they fixed that but uh i, I feel like i got one not too long ago really annoying well, I, I think maybe it was maybe it was. it for next season that was going to be fixed who knows this is the time to say something though <laughs> yeah and then what tracks do you want to be running if you run a particular car and you want to help pick which tracks i mean this is how you do it you go to the forums you find that car or that series you go into that 
particular thread and you comment and you try to get a consensus. And if you do, somebody needs to take the ball in there and fill out the little Excel and send it to Tyler. Now, if you guys, if you uh, were participating, obviously season one will start just, you know, we got a, probably a month and a bit before NIS. So it'll be a couple of practices for, you know, racing. What's the track that you would like to have in that between you guys? Bring back to Milwaukee Mile. Iowa. You want to try all the tr- tracks that they don't race at? It was kind of a neat exper- uh, experiment when they did that with the Pete guys at, for the NBC uh, exhibition race thing. Uh, they did Iowa, and they and that was the reason they did it is because it isn't a, a regular track. And they throw Richmond back up there. Or uh, Rockingham, sorry. There you go. Maybe they'll have North Worksboro scanned and ready for season one. They scanned to scan Nashville. I think they keep... should have the grass in the track for North Worksboro. <laughs> All right, keep moving. Uh, Greg, cutting through the pits, stalls, protestable or not? Okay, so this post started off with uh, Brandon Graham. Uh, he just wanted, he was inquiring um, if the driving through pit stalls uh, while pitting was, you know, protestable or against the Spartan Code, and he said he couldn't find anything in it. And there's a lot of, obviously, opinions on it, and, um, you know, it's annoying when someone's doing that. But uh, Tony Gardner came up with, uh, came in and chimed in on one of the posts and uh, said, they're gonna. They're thinking about you know turning on the feature of um, damage and contact on pit road so that it can prevent it. But it, he, you know, they're worried about the pros and cons of doing it, right? Like, obviously, I bet you the first race that it, if that goes live, would it be uh, you know a complete mess on pit road because people not everyone would know or whatever, right? Um, but they're thinking of maybe weaning it in towards you know higher up license levels, maybe certain series. I don't know. What do you guys think about, you know, I've been an advocate for wanting pit road to be real. I don't want, you know, being able to ghost through people because it's too hard to know when you're ghosting and not sometimes. Agreed. Yeah. I've always wanted this. I I, I was always kind of confused while we had it, but. I'm on the opposite side, guys. Um, What a mess pit lane would be Um, if they had damage on, you know, there's. You know, I, I personally don't care for people that drive through the, the stalls, and I especially don't like it if I'm trying to get into my stall, and then all of a sudden someone drives through, and that makes me miss my, my stop. But I can't imagine the problems we would have if we if, if we were bumping into cars, getting damaged from this stuff. Just, I, I don't know. It's just my opinion. But I, if if everyone knew about it and if we and we practice it and we do it, yeah. I think it could work. <laughs> I, how many how many guys in here actually practice getting on pit road though? Like, I don't, you I don't know, well, there's all. a lot of people that don't. Well, right? it's different when there's 38 cars coming down the pit road at the same time. I mean, that's the only time you really can practice it, right? But I'm just saying, getting on pit road in general. Sorry, Tony, I keep cutting you off. No, no, that's fine. I was just gonna say, why don't we just compare it to like turn one? of every single race that we all take everybody tries to go three four six eight wide um we never learn and it's you know lots of wreck fest off just off the first lap though so you could just kind of apply that same uh thought process to to, to pit road so i, I kind of side here with uh alan on this one i think it would be an absolute disaster i you think know. we'd all adapt but if you uh 
give you a good advantage to not pit on the first go around. Uh, you pit on lap two there, you might pick up some spots. Yeah, I'm, but the way I look at it is that even in real life NASCAR, they have problems on pit road. You do see accidents that happen in pit road. And these guys race with each other every week, every year. And we're going to be asking to throw a bunch of guys in that we really don't race with that much. And we're going to say, and we're also on computers, that we're going to make this a damage area. Yeah, I don't, I don't think so. If the track is damaged enough, why do we need to put it on pit road too? So what, I mean, he does specifically say though, it would be probably only for higher series. Yeah. And which, which one is that though? Do you, you think well, it peak. shows I mean, up in peak first? Peak. Maybe only like a class license. I would think, you know, peak and then the pro series and the road to pro, those would be obvious targets. And then if you want to get to official racing that everybody's involved in, then NIS. But um, I don't know. I probably well, wouldn't do it NIS. Probably just I, A open or... You bring up a point there. If they're putting it on those ones that are being broadcast, are they trying to do it so that the broadcast shows more? Because whenever they go to pit road during a broadcast, you don't really see anything. Obviously, they're not going to you know show every pit crew and stuff like that. They're never going to... I don't think the sim will ever get sophisticated enough to show every pick stop of where all the people running around the cards while live on it. I just, I don't think it could render doing that. Um, but do you think it's just so that there's a better show on pit road instead of watching cars go through each other? And that's why they don't show it on the broadcast. During the NBC broadcast, the only time they showed it was that final pit sequence when uh, I think Jimmy Mollis went through his box and uh, lost the lead. So, that was a kind of something to talk about and be exciting there. I think you're right, though. Having that damage there can add that extra element to make showing pit road worthwhile. I don't know. I'm all for it. It's a sim. It's a sim. Let's get back to that. Let's keep it real. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, this was exciting to see. Uh, I saw it on a, uh Instagram story, which is a temporary thing that you really can't link to, so I grabbed a screenshot of it. But it was... Uh, Dale Jr. Uh, put up on his story, he's back. And he uh, basically, Martin uh, Truex Jr. Uh, bought at a silent auction for the Dale Jr. Foundation event a uh, brand new uh, iRacing rig cockpit, uh, fully loaded. It's just like uh, Dale Jr.'s. Uh, there were two cockpits uh, for up for offer on this uh, silent auction. And uh, Martin Truex Jr. Uh, was named as one of the, the winners of one of those. I don't know who got the second one. In fact, I, actually, this week I actually went down to their shop, uh, and uh, he actually had two of those rigs right there in the shop. Um, they were both black. One had a 27-inch monitor. One didn't have a monitor at all. And they were set up with Fanatec gear, but the uh, I think like the not the direct drive motor, the one just below that. So he had actually two 2. more 5. there chilling there. Yeah, the 2.5, yeah. So first of all, how awesome is it? The hottest driver in NASCAR right now, Martin Truex Jr. Man, he's uh, on iRacing, man. Come race with us. That's pretty cool. And then the the link, if you look at those guys, you'll see a picture uh, of the rig. Uh, this is WR1 Sim Chassis. Uh, and the guy who does it is Chad Wheeler. And uh, anyway, he's got a nice setup there. I really like the look of his rigs. Um, Obviously, uh, Dale Jr. has been giving him some business. It's a stationary cockpit, you know, wheels, pedals, monitor. 
uh, all metal, and he's got the Junior Motorsports logos uh, kind of cut into the metal, which is a really nice touch. And this is the one that actually has that cutout to uh, hide your computer behind your pedal set um, in the front there, so it's kind of a self-contained unit. So it's a small footprint, kind of just yeah, real up. narrow. Yeah, it's 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 very sleek uh, design though. Like I I wouldn't I wouldn't be ashamed to have one of those in my basement. Check out the side of the computer behind the pedals. It's got the Dale Jr. autograph on the glass of the computer. People would pay for that, just that. So, uh, you're Martin Turex Jr. going to a, a charity auction. You want to spend, you know, give, you want to write a check, you know, obviously. So, what do you want to buy? The best thing in the room. How about a sim rig? Is that where he goes back? To, Honey, it was for it was for charity. Yeah, I got a feeling he can spend whatever he wants. <laughs> I know. I was just making a joke. Me? I would have to do that. <laughs> We all know who runs our us. Okay, keep moving, Greg. Tire set limit option. Now we've definitely been talking about this um, this topic, especially with the way that uh, the racing and the NIS series gone. So uh, Brody Hannon um, had written a, a a post to the admins um, asking if there's an option at some point that they're thinking of adding tire limits he he they apparently police it in the league that he's runs where they only give a certain limit and he says that the racing you know for them has been pretty uh pretty good because it adds a different strategy to it um and once again tony gardner uh chimed in and he's it's he said it's on their to-do list but obviously you know that to-do list probably has a lot of stuff to do on it um and they're going to get to it at some point uh, he says we'd love to get it done i believe that this is probably one of the easiest ways if they could get it implemented that would change the nis series for for the better because there's too many pit stops going on and it, there's too many cautions and you know and the unlimited tires is just it's too easy to you know just go down pit road and get a new set and go back out like if if you have 10 sets that's all you got for a race or whatever it would make the strategy and 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 the elements of the race, you know, you have to think about what you're doing. Do I need to go pit here instead of just throwing it on? Like, we, we just pit whenever now. Yeah, right now we're pitting if we've run more than five or six laps. Um, and that would change that, like you said. Um, it would change it to a much larger number. Um, I don't know. I, I'm not a fan of that because I'm stuck on old tires. But... Uh, but uh, it's realistic. Like I said before, it is a sim. So uh, it is neat that they it, that Tony is saying that it is on, they have a development plan scoped. And so they already are planning on doing it. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, and Greg, I agree with you uh, to a point that I do think this would help with what the, you know, kind of how the race is going in NIS. But I think the damage model is probably the biggest thing that they could do. I guess I didn't take that into consideration, but you're right. There's, I think there's a bunch of these elements that if they're put together, that series, all the racing in general in a lot of the series would become so much more strategic than, you know, can I have a fast rocket set for 10 laps? And then when we get a caution, we'll go in pit road and get more tires and rocket set for another 10 laps. Yeah. And that seems to be the way people just having that, you know, short run speed rather than long run. So you definitely see that. Um, and this would help 
in uh, in the league we do on Monday nights, they have uh, tire limits, and um, there is some strategy. And one of the the big concerns was, okay, you got some guy out there on thirty lap tires that's now leading the race. You know, is he going to spin out on a restart or whatever? Well, that doesn't happen with today's Cup car, but yesterday's Cup car would have. Um, so you know, I guess it's fine for like the the Cup cars that we have. You know that if they put on tire limits, but I'm not sure about some of the other ones that they have. I don't. It would, it would be pretty bad if there was a bunch of uh, those wrecks up front on restarts because someone stayed out on old tires. I, Mike, sorry for interrupting there, but um, I have a feeling that I, I get what you're saying, Alan. I have a feeling we're watering this sim down instead of moving it forward, watering it down for the people that don't want to learn and do stuff for it. I've been here for 10 years, you know, working on it and doing stuff. Yeah, I've come in and out and I'm, you know, I'll take a set sometimes and just race it and it is what it is. But the the, the learning aspect has been gone with the amount of people that have been added to the sim where, you know, we don't want to add this because people can't drive. Well, how about people start learning to drive better and, and because the sim teaches them to drive better? Don't I think I think once you add something like people learn to drive on the road, like do all those things on the road because there's rules like I just think that we're watering things down because, you know, because Joe Blow can't handle it type thing. If he can't handle those tires, his I rating and his damage, the damage model and all that stuff should penalize him. I think kind of that previous story, too, where the pit stalls where we're not ghosting through each other. Maybe, you know, it's it's for a higher series. Maybe this also should be like that, where the tire limit is only for higher series. Maybe uh, A-class should really mean something. Maybe they should make it where any A-class race has a tire limit, or any A-class race you can uh, not ghost on pit road. And, and maybe for a B or a C race, you can ghost on pit road. See, I, I get that, but I think I think the tire one needs to be a little bit different than that because you need to learn to run these more than ten laps. I think the, the road only... series the road series doesn't have to do that. You know, they don't have cautions. They gotta run long periods and long stints. They don't seem to have a problem with it. You know, why why should we? They don't have restarts. I think yeah, I think they would need a series like say if they had C fixed trucks have a zero tire limit. So there, there's still short races and there's going to be restarts, but if you're able to get unlimited tires all the way up to A-class, you're still not going to learn by the time you get to A-class. You should learn that stuff really early on, as low as I would say even D or C, so that by the time you get to B or A-class, that's when you are you could manage that. Because right now there's people with A-class license who, you're right, can't go more than 10 laps um, on a set of tires. Then they go do a late restart with, 40 laps on their tires and then wreck half the field because they hammer down in second gear. And I feel like they should learn that lesson much sooner. And if they're going to do a tire limit, they'd need to start it earlier with a zero limit in certain series. So you have to manage your tires because even a beef or a C fixed race is only 40, 50 laps. And those tires will last. Um, I think you got to hit them early. So they learn before they even get to that level. Well, and wouldn't, I, I, this also might not be such an issue. Like I know Mike and 
and Alan, you guys have been around for a while to know the old progression system instead of the fast progression that we got now to. I think that's, you know, where you're losing, we're watering it down even more because of the fast progression. We are, and actually I am part of that fast progression period. Um, I don't know when, when they used to have to make you run a whole series, but, you know, I joined in December 2013 and I was racing and I wanted to make sure I was going to run NIS in February. And so, you know, I had my A class and everything, you know, in time for that because I fast tracked. But, um, I, you know, I, I don't know. I just, you know, there isn't that much scale level, you know, out there, you know, when so when you're talking about people should learn the skills, I don't know if people will take the time to learn the skills. You know, you know, so I don't know if you need to split off to ones that are just fun and ones that are serious. I really don't know. But, you know, when you're in there, when you're racing in a race, it's, it's, a lot of these guys haven't practiced. They got to set off a VRS. They don't really, you know, and then you're you're asking to be much more prepared and better driver. And I'm just not seeing that. It's still just really a, a game for a lot of people. And I think like the license system should be so I don't want to say so difficult that it's it feels more than just a game. Like I think if you're treating it as just a game, it should be to the point where you just don't pass a certain point on your license. Um, I fast tracked all the way to A through dirt, so I had an A license and a two thousand plus I rating before I even ever touched an oval car, as far as like the A car, B car, or the C truck. So um, having the license split has helped, but I think you're right if we make it a little more hey this if you take it casually you'll get this far but if you're going to go past this point it needs to be max level difficulty as far as wrecking on pit road limited tires um higher standards of driving and i think that would make it a better sim experience for everybody um because i know like i don't enjoy doing a lot of nis races because i'm out there just trying to run where i run and pick up skills and pick up my pace and you get a dummy who pits with it doesn't pit at the end of the race with worn tires and wads have to filled up and there's not a whole lot you can do because if you check up you're going to get black flagged or pass a wrecked car you get black flagged so i don't know i think making it more difficult for the people who want it to be difficult i recommend that but just i don't think you should be able to get a c-class license as easy as you do and run nis when so like i would say 50 percent of people take it super serious and then 50 percent are just out there wrecking around right yeah i don't want take up too much time here and talking about this subject here, but you can go back and listen to a lot of stuff that Mike and I were talking about back in the early days. It is way too easy to move up in classes and, you know, and stuff. And it's probably because they just want to sell more, you know, more content to you, but it's still, it's just, it's way too easy. There's not enough skill levels that you have to learn. You know, people should be in, you know, after they pass out of rookies or whatever, be in D class for a while or, or something, you know, or run trucks here for a while before you can ever run NIS, you know. So it's just, I don't know, just my kind of opinion that I don't, it's it's relatively people just jump on once a week or twice a week. They, they don't, don't do any practice. They jump into a race. They grab a set from somebody, and off they go. They're in your race with you, you know. Mike so, and I. What's interesting is I told you I listened to the first ever iRacers Lounge podcast the other day. And one of the topics is, guess what? Tire limits. We were talking about it then, back in April uh, of 2015, uh, about tire limits coming. 
and the 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 topic was it's coming soon kind of thing and so here we are 2019 and we have the same topic and probably the same arguments for and against <laughs> right and so it's been talked about for a long time guys and it still isn't here but anyway let's keep moving will a quick one uh we got post of some crazy pictures that look ultra realistic yeah, iRacing member Elliot Roberts posted up in the forums under um, improved design slash screenshot sack. And uh, he, I don't know what he's doing, but he's taking some really phenomenal screenshots, look super realistic, and actually created a Discord community around it. So if you're into any kind of ultra real photography in iRacing, um, I would definitely give that a look and see what you can come up with. Well, all these tools are there within the replay part. But, you know, it takes the knowledge of knowing photography to, you know, get the right aperture and things like that to, you know, just to and and just get, you know, the right like framing, framing and stuff like that. It's, you know, I've done a little bit of photography stuff, but I'm not I'm not a huge advocate for knowing a lot on it. But, you know, all these pictures looking at him, like he's got one where the car looks like it's stopped and then the background is all blurred out because, you know, the car is moving. And it just looks like, you know, where someone would be standing on the track taking a photo, they've done a really good job. And it's really nice to see this because I don't know some of the the video game community is like that, too, where they want a photo photo modes in a lot of their, you know, different things. So, you know, you doing this is just another aspect of uh, and starting a community for it's perfect. Okay, yeah, I was stunned. Like the third and the fourth picture, I. If you were to ask me and just show me that and me, I had to pick, I would say that was a real picture, a real car on a real track. But it's hard. To, it's, it's getting to the point where you can't even tell the difference. But uh, let's switch it the other way. Tony Rochette, tell us uh, how bad it can look. Yeah, speaking of uh, beautiful pictures, uh, we got a good, beautiful picture from uh, Cosman Loan Something on the Sim Racing World uh, Facebook uh, group. Uh, he said, ain't. I would say, I who blew a magic load on my tires, and it's that uh thing we had a couple of uh, builds back where you back out of a out of your car and your pit crew is sitting there with the tires, and the tire is glowing, like really glowing, like it's got radiation. Kind I think of they heated that one up it. too much. Yeah, so it's like molten lava right now. It's gonna, you know, if he touches it, is is it's gonna melt him. I think that's your right front when you needed it to go for 300 degrees. Is that what? That's probably what the right front looked like when those guys were testing out the new tire or tire model on the K and N car, uh, and they were blowing out. Yeah. So I don't know how the sim, he got the sim to do that, but uh, yeah, this, that tire it doesn't look right. It's probably just, you know, it's it's you know popping in and out textures. It just didn't load that texture properly. Something like that, maybe. Yeah, it, it's some weird thing, but it was an interesting picture. Let's keep moving. Uh, Greg is uh, racing. Is I racing a good value for money? So Gamer Muscle, um, his YouTube page, he he did an in-depth video about twenty-five minutes long of well, he's racing while he's talking about I racing and the value of of the subscription, and he's got a lot. He's you know. It's got a lot of points in it about um, the different aspects of iRacing because obviously one of the aspects of iRacing is they have a subscription model, but you also got 
downloadable content costs where it's kind of differs from a one shot cost on other things. Um, I guess he came to the conclusion at the end for different, it, it depends on what you're looking at uh, trying to race in it. If you want to race on the hour and, and, and do a lot of racing, you know, there's a races for you, but it's only specific series. But if you have a specific time that works for a series that you want, um, and it's once a once a day or a couple times a week, it you know it's there for you. But I think, in my opinion, I don't agree with the the fact where he said that it's the value of it is a little bit harsh because of the two you know the subscription and the uh, paying for the downloadable cars, but the subscription would be a lot higher if you didn't pay for the cars. So you probably double the subscription cost or maybe even more if you didn't have that part to it. It just gives you flexibility. And it's no different than a lot of, you know, the video gaming aspect of loot crates and things like that nowadays. It's just another way to buy things, but you can select your content um, under a cheaper subscription. So you got to remember I don't know. his audience. Uh, he's got a big audience. Uh, he's got 51,000 subscribers. 8,800 saw this uh, video, but he's got an even bigger uh, audience on Twitter, and he did a Twitter poll that said 59% said no, that it was not a good value on that Twitter poll. But his audience is like this regular gamers. They're not iRacers, per se. And I bet you of those 59% that said no, probably 58% of them haven't iRaced. Haven't done it, yeah. It's the perception of, is it expensive or not? I think that's what he's talking about. Well, when you look at the cost, what's the year subscription cost right now? A hundred and something? Not uh, much if you buy yearly. When you look at it, yeah, like we know to look at the specific times of year. Like if somebody, you know, just wanted to start iRacing right now and wanted to get a year subscription and didn't have, well, I guess they do have ones for new um, subscribers. But anyways, if you look, everything looks perceiving with, you know, the number right at the you know, right at the initial cost of the start, but it the, this you got to remember this stuff is a hobby. So if it's something you're going to be doing, it's an investment in what you want to do. It's no different than racing RC cars, um, you know, doing paintball, things like that. They all have an initial cost and things like that to do. And you know, for me, if uh, or Tony, you like to do airsoft or things like that. You know, you pay for your equipment and then you got to go pay to use the field. It's no different than if you saw that as a total number of what you did in the year, would it add up to what iRacing is? Probably. Oh, but and surpass easily. But you know, it, and it's just like iRacing as well. I mean, you know, for me, I I also play airsoft. So yes, I got a I got the upfront cost of the guns, and then you got to pay to play, and you got to. But then you're also upgrading stuff, right? So like you know, you're you're downloading new cars, new tracks. Well, I'm putting in new gearboxes and. Um, you know, stuff to that effect, which also is just, it, it just constantly sinking money. Um, but you nailed it right there. It, it's a hobby and you invest in your hobby cause you enjoy it and it takes you away from the, from the real world or, you know, doing whatever you're doing to, um, to enjoy that hobby. Um, it costs money. And, and if you look at it that way, it's actually relatively cheap because you know, other than the subscription, but I mean, you know, it's a hundred bucks a year or $110 a year, whatever the case is, you break that down into a monthly basis. Um, once, once you've paid for the DLC, it's yours. You don't have to buy it again. Um, it's, it's pretty cheap hobby. And yeah, 
Here's here's the way that I also just with what you're saying there, Tony. I related to. Okay, so if his crowd is a video gaming crowd, so what would you say the minimum cost to iRacing? So like, say the subscription's like a hundred and I don't know what it is, 150 bucks, and then you can get a wheel for. You could probably go all in for everything in a year cost to start iRacing less than 500 bucks, right? Yeah. So that person, so now you've got iRacing that's you know subscribing to it. That person, there's probably that same person that you know gaming part would buy a PlayStation. Say they bought a PlayStation right now, 200, 300 bucks. Yeah, and then Call they of bought Duty. A, they <laughs> bought one one video game. And then bought all the downloadable stuff in it. There's cost there. Or, you know, you want to buy multiple video games. It's it's that's the hobby of buying you bought, you know, oh, they spent just our, as much. Our hardware is, you know, this and you know, the investments is added to it. It's no different. There's a there's a cost at everything. It's when you look at the original like the amount per year, yeah, it's no you know, if it's hundred and five dollars, hundred and fifty dollars. You see that up front, it looks expensive, but that's over a year. Split it up, you know, a lot of things that people do are not in a year subscription, right? Yeah, let's keep moving. I'm skipping ahead. Uh, we got an email, everybody in iRacing did today. It, the 2019 NASCAR Fan Experience Survey uh, was uh, sent today. Uh, NASCAR and iRacing have partnered to create this uh, survey. Please take a few minutes to let us know what you th would like to see in both NASCAR and sim racing. Um, this information will be used to continue to bring you the best racing experience. And so I did the survey, and uh, it was interesting. They did give an option to tell them what you thought about heat uh, versus iRacing, and I sure let them know. Uh, one little tidbit I want to jump out is they said, uh, what would you think if you saw these uh, sponsors in NASCAR and uh, as far as being associated with NASCAR in the in the you know series or something like that, and they actually listed off the 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 names of these sponsors. I'll I'll list them real quick. A B I think is Anheuser Busch, Toyota, Geico, Verizon, Coca Cola, Comcast, Monster, and Quicken Loans. And guys, I think that's a sneak peek to the uh, 2020 uh, Monster. Cup Series sponsors list. Do you think the list is that big, or they chop it down into segments like fours or three? They're sponsors. switching series sponsors every three or four races, is what they're doing. Okay, so they're going to need a bunch. Right, and there's a bunch. And Geico's already been confirmed to be one of them, and they're on that yep. list. Yep, and that's mm. another reason to think this is correct. Monster, and, I'm definitely sure, is probably going to be part of it. Right, Monsters on the list, Coke, Verizon, that makes sense, Toyota. Coke, I'm sure Coke loves sponsoring events, so I'm sure they're definitely going to be part of it. So anyway, fill out the survey, guys. Get it done. It only takes a couple minutes. And this is, uh, you know, NASCAR wants your feedback. That's why that we're taking the survey. Tell them what you think, okay? I. The only thing I hope they don't do with this, though, is they don't, sign these ones to long contracts like like they did with the track stuff where we get locked in with these sponsors to specific racetracks and like i just hope they're not locked into times and places like over like a five or ten year period because the flexibility that they need to have in the schedule would be really good over the next you know five to ten years to grow well, the sport 
with ISC and SMI going private, I mean, they're already on the right road to get to that point. So I think this is, it, it enhances that ability to mix things up, actually. Let's keep moving. Um, next, for our 200th episode, Tony, uh, you found this great guy on iRacing who does stickers. Tell us uh, real quick about him and his company and what he did for us. Yeah, I reached out to uh, Brian at All-Star Graphics. I noticed that he had uh, put a post up on the uh, iRacing forums saying that he got himself a, a new little toy, which just happened to be a big, wide printer. And, uh, he, well, he specialized in uh, team stickers, personal racing stickers, any kind of sticker you want. Decals. Uh, decals yep, decals, uh, wraps. Um, he can pretty much cover it all. Um, I think he even uh, put in there about doing T-shirts. Um so, yeah, we reached out to him and just said, hey, um, maybe we can work together and, and have a little bit of fun here. So he's uh, he's done us up uh, some stickers, and I believe you'll be, uh, you should be getting those probably the first part of next week. But uh, um, our in-house Bobby Jonas did up some designs to help celebrate our 200th episode, as well as um, uh, our podcast logo. Um, get them on sticker form and um, let's plaster uh, iRacing with uh, podcast stickers. All right. So we finally got a iRacers Lounge podcast sticker. It's in limited quantities and we've already decided who's going to get them. Uh, if you're on team Tafosi, you're going to get some. Uh, we also are going to send uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. some at, at Junior Motorsports, and maybe he'll talk about us. And I'm also going to, when I send that, invite him to be on the show in the off season. Uh, we're also going to send uh, a set to PET, PETM Podcast. So if you're a NASCAR racer who listens to podcasts, you know who I'm talking about. Um, and we'll get on their little uh, sticker wall. Uh, also, I, I've reached out to Greg West at iRacing and uh, offered up a few to them. I hope we have some listeners on the iRacing staff, and we want to hook them up because we wouldn't have the show without them. Uh, and then we did a social media blast uh, the last couple days uh, trying to see if we could get our listeners some of these stickers, and uh, and we had quite a turnout, guys. I'm going to read everybody who won uh, one of these stickers. Paul Jennings, Ann Rabbit, Simon Sereko, Sean Gorismiski, Jeff Brown, Steve Thompson, Joe Hanson Gates, Casey McMullen Sr., John Kenny, Ryan Carwell, jo Joseph McWhorter, Dalton Mobley, Brett McBurney, James Pike, Scott Roop, Dirty Monkey Motorsports, Nikki Meredith, Kevin Cochran, Justin Thompson, Dave Cam, SWR, Alan Capers, Zero, Simsa, Plumba, Dennis Cormson, Ghetto, Logan Jones. Some of these are Twitter handles, by the way. But anyway, uh, those guys, are you're going to get, uh, you've already been contacted. I got your addresses, and we'll be shipping out uh, uh, iRacers Lounge podcast to each and every one of you. Well, what I thought was really neat about this, Mike, is, you know, there's, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a bunch of uh, listeners from the States, and we, and we knew that. Um, but we, we got uh, hit up from, uh, Many other countries. Um, I got Australia and Scotland on the short list, and I was scrambling trying to find some um, some of the other ones. And I know there's other countries that I'm missing out there, but uh, that that was real neat to to see into just a nice widespread. We're going to be shipping podcast stickers all over the world. Yeah, oh. yeah we also got um, 
some good places. Uh, we got a lot of people talking about where they're going to stick them, a lot of rigs and stuff of that nature. So um, hopefully when these things get sent out and posted, they'll uh, send us some photos on social media so we could see uh, see those stickers. Yeah, don't forget to tag us, guys. Yeah, tag us. Send us your pictures. Um, we certainly want to see them. We'll, we'll post it out for everyone else to see. Um, that, that would be awesome. Um, let's get the, let's get the word out. Show the love. All right. Did we lose Mike? Oh, sorry. Okay. I'm still here. You ready to jump in, Alan? No, I was pushing the wrong button there, but they turned oh, out really good. <laughs> I saw a picture of the, the decals, uh, that all-star graphics has put together and they, uh, looked really nice. So, uh, congratulations to those listeners and, uh, let's move into hardware software, Greg an email about the best wheel on the market. So Derek Spears Designs, I guess, was they're the U.S. Uh, distributor of SemiCube 2 wheels. And I guess batch number seven, uh, the email was sent out that it's going to be ready just in time for the holiday season. Um, if, you're, uh, close, if your orders uh, for the batch need to be in for by Sunday, November 3rd by midnight uh, Eastern time in the U.S. So um, go to DerekSpearsDesigns.com slash SimCube dash two. Um, we'll uh, bring you up there so you can order your SimCube two wheel. Yeah, if you want it by Christmas, you got to get it now. Anybody know how much that costs? Uh, I'll bring it up here. Hold on. Quite a bit. Twelve hundred dollars US. That's One, just the base. That's 11, just the base. That's the no base. wheel. That's the no base. Wheel. No wheel. Um, let's see. The pro is th- is thirteen ninety nine. And if you don't want to know ul- about the ultimate. <laughs> the ultimate's twenty seven hundred dollars. All right. Yeah, that's that's the one, guys. If you want the best. And obviously, it's really good that Derek Spears uh, Designs is definitely shipping these out. It's a, it's a really good site to get uh, some of your SIM chassis stuff that you need uh, hardware-wise from. Okay, keep moving. Will, Frex Simulations. Yeah, I know we've talked about some of their products in the past. This is Frex Simulations um, or Frex.com. It's a Japanese-based sim racing company. Um, I think they're best known for one of their H-pattern shifters is pretty much one of the best ones you can get without spending over a thousand dollars and uh just kind of remind everybody about them they have it looks like actuators simulators rigs um all based out of japanese or japan uh, their motion rig is something every time i see this thing i'm just blown away by the way it's designed uh, it's got the you know shock absorber kind of things underneath the seat and, and the you know the entire seat is just in motion and it's just crazy though with the design it looks like a lot of rigs will use actuators to go up and down and another one to go left and right. And this one, it's like they're integrated to do kind of work in unison. So kind instead of, of having just diagonally, right? Yeah. So instead of having your traditional four corners up and down and then something to kind of slide the seat to kind of get that yaw out, these look like they all kind of work in unison. They kind of they tee off onto the base of the seat. Um, so it looks like they're achieving motion a different way. Um, to get full uh, 60 OF, so it's pretty pretty neat, very unique design. It is, and so don't forget about them if you're into the high-end motion. It's Frex.com, F-R-E-X. Um, I got the next one. I stumbled across this the other day. Um, 
and it's called the Sassy Apps Endurance Manager Utility, and it was pretty cool. It's basically a bunch of Google Sheet uh, docs that um, this guy has created, and uh, they're for basically setting up a team for endur- an endurance race, like a 24 hours of Daytona, and it's got basically a sign-up sheet uh, where you can specify you know, what car and what shifts or times you want. Um, that's really nice. And then uh, another one that basically incorporates a really nice schedule. Um, and so it would be real easy for an existing team like ours to take this uh, pre-built Google Doc template and then plug in our names on it and our stuff on it. And it's, you know, it's pretty awesome, actually. So what do you guys think? Uh, I mean, we need to start planning for the 24 hours uh, here. Not, I guess it's a little early, but... I know David's going to work on it. I think we're going to have to um, see where we're standing at, uh, who wants to run it, and go from there. I want to be on the fun team. All the teams are fun, Tony. So if you open this Google Doc, it's got the overview uh, about the race, uh, a schedule tab, a roster tab, and so forth. And uh, the way it's designed and color-coded and stuff, it's pretty cool. Um, I like the layout, and I definitely showed this to David Hall. I was hoping he would use it uh, for our upcoming event. Yeah, and all the documents kind of go in unison. So you have a sign-up sheet, then you have a sheet to uh, vote on your car as far as this driver has this preference, this driver has this preference. So it really kind of gives you step-by-step all the info, info you'll need to go from like, hey, let's run this, to hey, who's running it? what car and then go go from there and that's the thing if if you're a team that's wanting to get involved in an endurance race you know how do you take it from hey we want to do it to actually doing it this is the kind of tool you need to kind of plan it and manage it because there is some planning involved you got to figure out who's going to run when so search uh, sassy apps endurance manager utility and you'll find that uh, thanks to Pete Mobretrin for uh, sharing that. Tony, how, how about a Fanalab overview? Yeah, Fanatech put out a video uh, about the Fanalab uh, 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 program, and they, uh, sorry, uh, put out a few months ago. Um, just a short little video going over the features of uh, and customizations of uh, different uh, wheels and profiles, and um, I downloaded it and I played around with it for a little bit but it's got every little thing that you want to adjust is available there it's kind of a uh i mean everything that's there is available in the base itself like i can directly program directly with the base but uh this is like an easier way to do it i guess you know it's a software version yeah it's for those people that don't have uh direct drive wheels now i haven't actually tried this i've still have seen a few horror stories of uh, people with DD1s that have uh, tried to download this and all of a sudden their wheel won't work. And then they have to, you know, play with the drivers and put on old drivers and or do something to fix it. And so I'm just like, man, it's working. I'm not going to fool with it. Okay, Will, I saw some crazy stuff on Instagram from Basaro. We've talked about them recently. Uh, we were looking at their uh, seat belt tensioning system. But uh, they also posted up some pictures and videos of one of their cockpits that is integrated into an actual race car. Yeah, it looks like they're sponsoring um, a racing driver, Cameron Jorda. I don't know if I pronounced that right. But yeah, this is a I know a lot of the rigs we've talked about and seen have been like a like a 
a, a rig designed to kind of look like a car has some nice slopes and stuff to it. It's really nice, but this is an actual formula car rig. Um, yeah, I'm assuming she's on the screen. I don't get to see the screen she's driving on, but this is a full-size formula car. It's got shakers. When she turns the wheels, the tires move. Um, I'm assuming it's sitting on some kind of flat platform. Um, but yeah, it's a, it's a full-size formula car integrated to be a rig. Four wheels and everything. It's got the, you know, it's it looks like a kind of an older Indy car or a Formula One car. Yeah, they offer some of their rigs, which are like a, a front shell cut in half, which race off a triple monitor. This looks like something you might want to use VR for, other than the fact you won't see the, the whole rig. But yeah, no, it's a full-size car. Um, steering wheel turns to actual front tires. Um, you get a lot of shaking and vibration. It looks like it might have some integrated butt kickers in there. Um, at the nose of the car, I know it shakes pretty hard at one point when uh, she cranks the wheel into it. Probably going over some rumble strips, but it's uh, excessive, I would say. <laughs> but it's still a, a unique-looking rig. Real eye candy because of the motion. I mean, and the motion is moving the entire car, uh, which is kind of neat. You can you know see the front and the back kind of moving up and down. It's This one's called the V100. And they also posted up a picture of the V50, uh, which they actually have a, a set of those, three of those, at the Iceland Bowling Center. Um, they have a room that's uh, decorated with uh, Ferrari posters and Ferrari red. And then the this uh, V50 chassis is a half of a, a Formula One car. It's just cut off uh, behind the driver's seat, so to speak. No wheels. So, so the number in the name is what percentage of the car you're going to get. You get 50% car. You get half the car. If you get the V100, you get the whole car. That's right. Keep it simple, right? I could probably afford like a V10 or something, maybe. <laughs> V.110. No idea on price. Greg, next, we have another junior chassis sighting. So this was... Another version of the, it was a WR1 that we were looking at earlier. This is called the Juvenile Sim WR1, I guess, or by w, uh, WR1. Uh, Owen Larson is taking, <laughs> uh, driving it. And I, I just think this is the most awesome thing for kids to, I mean, could you imagine just having that as, you know, most people would love to just have that as, their rig in general, but you can have one for a kids that's, you know, their size so they can reach the pedals and everything. And Owen is once again, being the wheel man on the dirt, um, driving looks the like truck. Like, yeah. And man, you know, I guess, uh, I guess they're maybe trying to tap into another market early. Are we gonna, you know, see the pro pro juvenile league eventually? So this cockpit by Chad Wheeler, it looks just like the WR1 that Martin Truex got, but it's half the size. It's like a miniature. And uh, and Owen, who's like five years old or something, man, he's getting it done. Uh, you can see him racing, getting around the track, and uh, he's a throttle man, I can tell you. Is that uh, thing adjustable? Or are you going to have to buy new ones like ET shoes? Well, well, it looks like the seat goes, it's on yeah, the rail. Yeah, he's got it all so the it way go, forward, yeah. It's all the, yeah, it's all the way forward. And it looks like the pedals will move, move on the yeah. platform wherever it is. Yeah, it does look a bit adjustable, so pretty cool. It's got one huge rim there, too, to be driving. <laughs> it's almost like his arms are extended out. 
<laughs> just so, to hold the wheel. Now, I, I was looking, trying to see if I could look at the relative to see whose account he's on. Is Owen Larson got his own iRacing account at five years old? Well, I think there's a minimum age. Right. But you never know. He might be in your race tonight there. So you never know. He, you know, based on what I see on screen, I mean, he's, he raced better than a lot of these guys. <laughs> Here we go about the learning curve again. All right. Uh, we got to move on, and we're going to skip to NIS, NASCAR R Racing Series. Let's finish up Martinsville. I missed the Thursday fixed race. I had to go to a dance recital for my stepdaughter. Friday open, Tony Rochette, P13. Yeah, I suck at Martinsville on traffic. Uh, just, eh, not too bad of a race. It was bottom split. Um, I stayed out of the danger. Um, I don't think I. I think I got one one uh, incident uh, for a four X for hitting a wall. But I think that was about it. All right, I got P fourteen. It was my best result of the week, man. I'll take it. Uh, it was just nice to finish a race and not get DQ'd out or wrecked out. Um, so that was my highlight of the week. P fourteen. Uh, David Hall, he got P8. He said he survived a tight race, uh, got punted at the end. Uh, he said he looked like a rally cross car on dirt. Uh, Greg, uh, you got DQ'd Friday. Yeah, and that was my own. Uh, I almost—I don't know what it was with Friday night. I think I treated that like uh, um, one of those just fun races. I, I just got myself into every single thing I possibly could. I know I had someone come on and spot with me for me and just kind of be around. I brought in the team speak. It was a rough week, so it was nice to have, you know, a fresh, you know, t person talking on team speak with me and stuff. Um, you got, we were, me, you and David were in that race together. I just, I don't know. I just didn't have, I had fun that night. I just didn't, didn't get any results from it, I guess. Yeah. It was just a bad race. Oh, and uh, before we continue there, Owen Wilson, or Owen Wilson, Owen Larson, um, I looked it up. He does have an account. I don't know if it's the actual Owen Larson, but it was started on the 24th of October. There, well, there's so, your, there you go. Minimum so, age, huh, Alan? Yep. I plan on racing them tonight. All right, so let's go find him. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Sunday open, David Hall got a P8. He said he made top split. Worked his way up through the race. I'll take a top eight and top split over the lower split wins any day. And that is saying something. That's a great uh, finish, P8 and top split. Tony Rochette, you ran P11. Yeah. Um, uh, I uh, started with a, a fourth, and uh, Joe Owen and Bobby uh, Jonas were in the race with me. Um, we started out pretty strong. I ended up self-spinning out of uh turn two and hit the wall and i ended up went down three laps um that was the only incident in that race i just couldn't get back to the lead lap and joe got dq'd out i'm not sure about bobby yeah he just limped around okay and then sunday fixed i ran i got dq'd out it was all not my doing it was just kind of a bad luck thing uh, i was making it through wrecks my car wasn't damaged but I would get a 4X, you know, because I tapped something or tapped somebody. And, uh, yeah, it was just one of those weeks. Let's switch gears to Texas. Uh, Wednesday open, uh, David Hall wrecked out. Slapped the wall twice on the tri-oval when running the high line. 
Second time, another car couldn't avoid me. It was all on me, he said. Practiced running that second lane and had better success at an A open. Uh, Greg blew up. Yeah, it was that was a really good race for me. It just uh, I avoided a big wreck and I, you know, when you're coming through the triangle there at Texas and and the, or the dog legs and the wall, they were wrecking right there and I kind of went up as far as the wall as I could, but as soon as the wall darts the next way is where I caught the wall and I guess the damage on the front of my car. I don't know if it caused it to have something wonky with it, but eventually on a long, long run later, it just blew up. So I don't know what happened, but um, I'll take, I was running, I went from, uh, I had to, I, t- I took a penalty on pit road and went from 30th to eighth in a 20, 20 lap run um, before the next caution. And it was probably the most fun I've had in a while driving around cars in the a car just because i felt like our set to this week can do what it needs to do um and just i'm hoping tonight it'll translate yeah the set's been great this week um i ran thursday open i uh wrecked out um i had computer issues before the race where i was having blue screen of death uh video tdlr is what it was saying and anyway i ended up updating the video driver and windows update and then it stopped crashing so i ran the race i qualified fine gridded and then it wouldn't go into gear and i couldn't figure out why so i jumped out of the car i remapped the gear uh, the shifter got back in but it was on pit road um, so I ended up losing a lap, eventually got a lucky dog, and then somehow during that lucky dog, I was getting ready to pit, and as I was approaching the pit, it kept saying, let this car by, let this car by, so I just stopped, and somehow I had to let the whole field by. I never got to pit, and I didn't get my lap back, and so it kind of sucked. Um, eventually, I got another lucky dog. I was running top 10. Now, this was the top split, too, by the way. Um and then they wrecked, and uh, it took me out, and I had a blown engine. So, But I was uh, having a, a good run there before I got wrecked. Uh, David Hall, he got destroyed. He put running near the front. Uh, they wrecked in front of him, and he had no car, nowhere to go. Uh, never saw it till it was too late, but, yeah, he couldn't even finish. That was early. I think that was the first caution, too. Uh, Thursday fixed, uh, P8. A good run, I put. Uh, two green flag runs were stuck. Uh, was stuck at about 14th there uh, until we got a later caution. And then after that, I was able to quickly uh, get back to about 7th and finished 8th. Um, new teammate, uh, Williams, uh, he got a P3. Uh, fun race with a lot of new learning experiences. He ran 4th to 6th most of the race and battled for the lead with 10 laps to go. Um, I was giving him some strategy and handling advice that I think helped him. He was actually leading near the end of the race and uh, just couldn't uh, get it done. But Nick Williams, uh, we'll have him on next week as a special guest to learn about Nick, but we're happy to have him. All right, let's keep moving. Uh, Final Thoughts is going to be sponsored by All-Star Graphics out of Claysburg, PA. Uh, Check them out if you guys need uh, logos or stickers. Greg Hectus, you're first. Um, uh, it's been a while since I've been on the podcast, so it was good to be back. Probably had a lot of long-winded answers there for some of the stuff this week. I've been itching to get back on the podcast, but work hasn't allowed me to. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's good to be back. 
um, this team I feel is on the, the upturn here and we're ready to uh, fight whatever we got coming out to us on the track and and battle it out and um, I'm very proud of the guys here um, for getting together this last week and a half here and just you know putting on a, a good show and keeping this going and I didn't realize we were coming up to the 200th episode so quickly and uh tony and and bobby and them did a good job getting all that stuff together and i'm just uh i'm looking forward to the racing i mean we're coming to the off season but uh definitely going to be putting in some time here and uh working on it so uh, anybody that wants to uh, follow me uh you can watch me race at frozen cactus or twitch.tv slash frozen cactus uh stream every time i race and uh yeah okay very good tony grows final thought yeah, well, the the big 200, I think it kind of crept up on all of us, really. Um, it was kind of cool. I went back and had to find out the first podcast that I was on, and it was on episode 78. And uh, I, I listened to about, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes of it, and wow, I, my voice is terrible. Um, but uh, <laughs> a lot of fun. It's 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 been a while. This is... Uh, this is super cool, and uh, listening to, to to you, Mike, and and Alan, uh, kind of reminisce. That was uh, that was really neat. I mean, I've listened to a bunch of the the episodes where where you guys were on consistently, and uh, I, you know, I've I've always enjoyed the the podcast, and um, it was great to be able to to become a part of it. Um, I got a couple of shout outs. Uh, first one, obviously, All Star Graphics. Um, from the from the very first contact with Brian, this this guy was so easy going, and he was just right ready to jump on board. Um, and it's it's been a lot of fun, and uh, really really excited to see these stickers. Uh, so I just wanted to say a big thanks to to Brian for for doing these up for us, and uh, you know becoming a sponsor for the final thought segment. And uh, the second shout out is to to Bobby Jonas at Jonas Graphics. He did uh, did all the graphic work for us and cleaned up our our logo so it was, uh, you know, able to to print nice and easy and nice and beautiful. So, um, yeah, really looking forward to seeing those and seeing all the uh, the pictures we get from the listeners. Stick them on their rigs and in their rooms and wherever they may put them. Yeah, I want to see the pictures of where the stickers end up, guys. So send those on social media. Tony Rochette, uh, final thought. Oh, boy. 200 episodes for this podcast. That's that's pretty damn good. Um, well, I still can't talk. But Tony Groves can talk a lot better than, than his first episode. Um, only three more weeks of uh, NIS, and it's the last few weeks have been kind of downer for me. I've, I've been in the, the contention for wins and stuff like that, but somehow just been taken out and just hoping Texas and Phoenix and Homestead can uh, change that. All right. Keep knocking on the door. It'll happen, man. Um, glad to have you back on the show, Tony, for number 200. Will Gibson, final thought? Uh, not a whole lot here. Just uh, just glad I was able to make it tonight. I wasn't really kind of planning on it. I'm, if it was yesterday night, I definitely wasn't going to be able to make it, but managed to sneak in. So pretty cool. I was on episode 100 and now 200. Um, I think actually one of my first episodes I listened to was probably one of Tony's first episodes. So uh, uh, definitely uh, glad to be on and be around. And uh, hopefully we make it to 300 pretty soon. Um, also got on a 
give a quick shout out. My dad's actually and mom are here on vacation and uh, he's been hogging my rig. He's done probably 40 plus uh, Delara dashes and uh, pick up cups and even picked up a few wins. So hopefully we could we get a new team member soon. Yeah, let's get him hooked up. Uh, the more the merrier, right? All right, Alan Pajari, uh, thanks for coming on. Your final thoughts. All right, well, thank you for having me on in this special episode here. I really appreciate that. Kind of brings me back to the old days when we first started this, and we used to do this every all the time. Um, still enjoy it. Still think it's kind of kind of neat, and uh, really happy that you guys have uh, kept this thing going. Um, so it's just more of an appreciation for what you guys have done uh, through the years uh, of doing this. And, uh, and Mike, uh, thank you for thinking of me for doing this 200th episode. Really appreciate that. And maybe I can be on the 300th. Absolutely. You're welcome back anytime. And uh, thank you for coming on. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, wow, 200. It is a labor of love, but I think uh, this little project of sending out the stickers is actually a project because if you think about it, I got I'm gonna mail this out to like 50 individuals all across the world. I gotta write up an envelope. I gotta stick them in an envelope. I gotta take them to the post office. I gotta pay postage. I gotta write down those addresses somewhere. And so anyway, I've interacted with all these 50 people getting their addresses, and it's so neat to hear. Wow, I'm a long-term listener. I am so happy to get this sticker. I'm gonna put it on my rig and. Man, I can't wait for the podcast to come out every week. And I'm hearing this from everybody. And it's just so, it reminds me about why we do this. And it's to share, you know, because iRacing can be a lone sport. I mean, you, you can not be on a team and you can be racing by yourself. And, and uh, but boy, if you just listen to a podcast, you kind of get a community feeling. And, and sometimes we get that here uh, with iRacers Lounge. Uh, I'll be in a race and people know who I am because of the podcast and, uh, that's, that's a value. And I, I'm really happy to be a part of this podcast and I couldn't do it without everybody involved. So I do appreciate everyone who participates, uh, currently and in the past as well. And thank you to everybody. And with that, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.